So, hello, uh, folks. We've had an audio problem. Again yeah, today. the computer shut the bed, and apparently uh-huh. we were just talking for like twenty minutes, and it actually only, thirty minutes. It only recorded Kai's half of the conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so let's do the quick version of all the conversations. I mean, TLDR. Uh, we're still playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. We love uh, it. We, we went. Saw we went saw against me. It was awesome. It was gay. Uh, it was trans. Um, it was also trans. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Sisters of Mercy. Great. That's the whole thing we um, talked about. Spice Girls. Spice World is a great um, movie. Spice Girls had some problematic songs. Hannah and I are cute platonic life partners. I um, guess. I guess. Um, That's it. That's We don't need to keep... Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a very good game. We already that said that. plays logically I already said in that. a very pleasing way. <laughs> and there's queers in it. Yeah. I've encountered a queer NPC. Uh-huh. Are we sure it's recording my voice at this yes. point? Okay, great. Okay, Okay, fabulous. really cool. Um... Uh, so that's the uh, gist of what talk we talked about. about. It might be a short episode based on that. Cause Which is... I was in a relaxing jellyfish state, and now my jellyfish is getting a little agitated. <laughs> I'm so sorry about your jellyfish. It's okay. Um, Kai gave me a massage, I and gave it Hannah was really great. Um, Hannah fell asleep. And I fell asleep, and my brain feels like a jellyfish, which is now slightly irritated <laughs> jellyfish. Keep hydrating. Stinging jellyfish. Jellyfish need water. Um, okay, so our topic for this week. <laughs> so um, I was thinking uh, because October 11th is uh, National like U.S. Coming Out Day. And that um, was yesterday for us. And that was yesterday for us. And there's a lot of, and it's currently, uh, again, in the U.S., LGBTQIA plus two, two plus uh, history month. Uh, the thing about saying that acronym is I feel like I slur it and it sounds like a really weird word. I feel like for our purposes we can just say Queer History Month. I mean, yeah, I will, but I really like saying LGBTQIA2+. <laughs> What's two? Two-spirit? Yeah. Okay, that's a new one Yeah, on the acronym. Um, for me. So yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot that's to talk about. Like, the acronym just the acronym is valuable. It keeps getting longer. I love we've it. Got, so we've got to come up with a more concise, inclusive word, though, because we just don't have time to say like a nine syllable word out loud. Well, not everybody uh, likes being called queer. And I know. I know that, that I'm not way. suggesting that's the solution. I know. I'm just thinking I'm just other saying people have posed that there, as the solution. There and has it's to not be like a better a solution. One. No, there totally has to be is the thing. We'll figure it out. Because it's just not practical. We're trying to like we'll have a revolution there. or whatever. And we can't stop to say a nine syllable word every time we do a thing. I can. Well, good for you. Thank you. Um, I don't have time. So what I wanted to talk about this week um, was uh, kind of an amalgamation of things surrounding the theme of coming out. Um, I first wanted to start out with our respective uh, coming out stories. Uh-huh. Like if there was a big moment of like self-realization or coming out. Have we not told out. those on the podcast before? I am 90% certain that you have not told your your fun, flirty story of <laughs> coming, coming out. out. Story. Um, I know that we've talked about coming out before uh-huh. kind of but I, I and I know that I've talked a little bit about it and I feel like you've touched on it but I don't know if we've like really told this dug this in and told our respective stories okay yep um so Hannah mm-hmm. how do you identify now um as a gender fluid lesbian queer woman I think uh demi- <laughs> demisexual yeah cool thank you for sharing um you're welcome when when did you when did you first come out um I first came out as like to another person yeah yeah uh I first came out as originally as bi to my friend Kellen who I've known for a very long time and who has been out as bisexual for as long as I've known her uh which is I've known her since she was uh I'm a year older than her but since she was uh 15 I think mm-hmm. um so she's been out for a long time which is also great because she just came out to her parents this past year oh well congratulations I know I was very happy for her her therapist was like yeah you need to do that because she was out to like literally everyone else she knew um and her sister is queer as well I think anyway so uh I came out to my friend Kellen because I had been thinking about it and I knew Kellen was by um and I knew she'd be a safe person to tell obviously um so Kellen was the very first person that I came out to um and then when uh, did you realize it for yourself 
Uh, shortly before I came out to Kellen, like it was all kind of happened at once. Mm-hmm. It was I was uh, seventeen. It was in like the fall of that year. Um, is when I uh, first I think like realized um, that I remember. Um, and then yeah, came out to Kellen, and then I came out to more people. Um, I don't really remember the timeline. Shortly after that. Uh, it must have been when I came out to my friend Kendra, who I've known uh, since we were one year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, who's known for the longest time. Um, and then, so in my, I was in theater in high school, shockingly. And uh, <clears throat> all this, this was my senior year, and all the seniors did these things called senior speeches, where they would. Um, like the cast of whatever show we were working on would all circle up and you did you did a spe- whatever senior you did like one per show or whatever um the cast would all circle up and the cast and crew and this was during the musical so the orchestra came and hung out with us as well um and uh then you the senior get up and like make a speech and it could be about whatever you want or as long as short as you want we left plenty of time for them um excuse me and then we do like warm-ups after that so Excuse me. Kai did a lot of digestive work on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ate grilled cheese sandwiches from a vegan food truck for yes. lunch. Um, with jalapenos and shit in them. Mm-hmm. It was so good. And chili cheese fries. Um, so I decided to use my uh, senior speech. So before this, for years, um, this is part of it, for years the rumor had been circulating that I was a lesbian. For Since like middle school. Like that's when I was... 13. It's literally just like Mean Girls. It's literally just like Mean Girls. I was it was a real Janice Ian situation. Yeah. Um, when I was thirteen, in a Mean Girls situation, <laughs> all my friends stopped talking to me at the same time, just mm. out of nowhere, just stopped inviting me to shit, stopped hanging out with me, stopped like we all like lived in the same neighborhood and would like walk home from the school bus together, but like mm-hmm. stopped walking with me. Like it was really traumatic and jarring and like one of the worst periods of my life I've gone through two different periods of my life with no friends and like no support network or like one or two friends and I'm very grateful for those friends but uh it sucks it's super fucking shitty um and so bounce back from that whatever um and then at this time I had plenty of friends but the rumor had started I hadn't like heard it in a while and the rumor had started circulating again that I was a lesbian um, and then at the time, uh, I like knew that I was queer in some capacity. And so, uh, and I was sitting in the like lighting booth in the theater with a few other folks who all I had come out to. And, uh, I was, I was like, yeah. And somebody like had circulated the rumor again that I'm a lesbian. And this, uh, my friend Avery was walking by, pokes his head in the booth and goes, I heard that she came out as three lesbians and then walked away. Um, so then for a while, it was like a running joke that I'd come out to Avery like he knew. Yeah. Uh, for a while, it was a joke that I was three lesbians. Um, so I started like in a re- trench coat. in a trench coat trying to sneak into an R-rated movie. Um, it's like my <laughs> my work nickname is Bears. And I am several bears in a trench coat. Mm. Trying to several sneak into lesbian one. bears in a trench coat. Yes, I am three lesbian bears in a trench coat trying to sneak into an R-rated movie. Um, anyway, so I decided to use my senior speech both to, because I knew for a fact that people who were going to be in that circle had spread those rumors, mm-hmm. uh, either most recently or at some point in the past. Like I, just, I knew where the, it came from. And so I decided to use my senior speech both as an opportunity to come out and to, without specifically naming them, like call those people out Mm -hmm. and not be like, hey, you, I know you spread that rumor, fuck you. But to be like, I know for a fact that people in this circle have spread this rumor about me. Like, I don't, I'm not going to like call out by name, but like I know for a fact that you, you know who you are if you've done it, basically. Um, And so I did, I had this whole speech. Uh, One of the most terrifying things in my life I remember before I did my speech um and there's probably like because there were probably 80 people in the cat we're doing Beauty and the Beast probably 80 people there were probably 100 people in that room mm-hmm. um 80 to 100 people between orchestra cast and crew um and uh a friend of mine who's a pretty like toxic friend in retrospect but at the time we we're pretty close friends was like discouraging me from doing it she was like but what if like people don't accept you blah 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 because like when we were all like freshmen, like 
like this um, chick who was openly gay, uh, Rachel, they like wouldn't let her in the girls' dressing room and that kind of thing, like when we were younger. Um, or like my friend Hillary, who I later, way post high school, dated. Um, like they, people were like uncomfortable changing in front of her because she's bisexual and those kinds of things. Or like, again, when we were all like 15 and then we were no longer, we were 18. So, you know, we really grew up. And so I got into the circle and I did my whole speech and I was, I remember, I remember shaking and so hard and like sweating so badly. Um, and gave this speech to the room. Uh, and people like cheered or whatever. And then immediately afterwards I had to lead warm up and then we like did warm ups. And then as that day went on, it was like, I remember cause I like after, class that day I like went home to go print my speech like I drove home and then drove back to school and I remember like driving back the feeling of driving back to school or like that whole day at school like feeling like this is the last day that people don't know this about me like it was this weird like mm. thing where it was like this night like I'm gonna do this thing it's like the secret that I'm carrying that you don't like people everybody knows I'm giving my senior speech tonight but nobody knows only a few people know what's going to happen in that speech um and yeah so I remember like driving back to school like super fucking nervous um and then so after the speech that throughout that day or throughout that evening people kept coming up to me and like this one girl this really sweet girl um came up like crying I was like you're so brave like you've really inspired me blah 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 like all these people uh several of whom are now like out queer Mm -hmm. um, but at the time weren't uh, coming up to me and being like that was like so like brave and validating and blah 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 um I'm not trying to like toot my own horn it was just like a really cool oh, sure. experience yeah, to sure. have uh and just the amount of like support and love I got after that like I was so scared even though I was pretty sure it'd be fine I was so scared um and just getting like all that support and love and validation it was um and then the next day uh in her senior speech one of the girls who I know for a fact spread that rumor like again without naming me was like I know I've spread hurtful rumors about people in this room and like locked eyes with me and we like had like a head nod and like we were cool from then on like she like specifically apologized to me in the Mm -hmm. same way that I specifically called her out um which was really neat and uh it was funny because I had this like big triumph of coming out I also came out around the same time that Lady Gaga's Born This Way did like came out that same year so that was that song was very like seminal to me uh I love that song um Um, Hannah what just really quickly I came out around the same time that Lady Gaga's first album The Fame was released Um, it's important man (laughs) I still yeah I'm not like a stand for Lady Lady Gaga but like some people in this room like some people in this room Kai Um, but Tori um, (laughs) but she's not even in this room I don't know where she is Um, but uh, yeah it was very important to me and then I, I had this experience where I went to a fairly like conservative college and so I had this like really triumphant coming out, but I didn't really know what it meant to like exist in the world as a queer person. I also, mm-hmm. after coming out, got a girlfriend like two weeks later. Uh, Naturally. And I remember my friend Kendra at the time saying that she had apparently been saying to people for a while that if Hannah would just come out, she would get a girlfriend like immediately. And mm-hmm. I did. Um, I remember girlfriends. <laughs> I remember what those were like. Um, someday I might it's have one like again. It's not like you couldn't get a girlfriend. Yeah, I guess that's maybe true. Anyway, it's 100% true. I don't know, man. Pretty discouraged about the whole thing. And that's totally fair to take some time off, but we don't yeah. have to have this discussion No, on the we're not podcast. having this discussion right now about how I'm going to die alone. Okay. Um, and so I went to college, oh, bless you, and I sort of like, not went back in the closet, but like I, I, I think this would have happened wherever I went. Like I don't think it was specific to this school, although a lot of people have experienced discrimination at this school. Mm-hmm. But I still think that's true would have been true if I had gone to a lot of different like private colleges like there are colleges I could have gone to where that probably wouldn't have happened but I feel like I would have been in more of an echo chamber like in a lot of yeah, yeah. school I don't know I think it's it's just part of the landscape of the world in 2011 and now um that I started to experience a ton of discrimination um and like I was very lonely like I was the only queer sapphic person that I knew even in my theater department which is pretty wild because theater is 
it's known for being wicked gay. It's not known for being wicked lesbian. There's it's, a lot of lesbians true, who do a lot actually. of wonderful theater, but the theater has been traditionally very discriminatory against sapphic against, folks. Well, that's true. And I knew one bisexual woman and one gay man, and those are the only other queer people, queer people I knew in my theater department. It was yeah. st- when I started, there was the straightest theater department I'd ever mm-hmm. seen or heard of. It was uh, wild. Now it's much queerer ever since. It's much uh, queerer. I rolled on. Yeah, through. no, seriously. I mean, I blazed the trail, and then you made it wider. I was the pre-drill, and you were the post-drill. Po- the red, when you the, the mid, regular, the middle drill, drill the, the regular, in, whatever, medial drill. The you, I, the second, the second drill. This got away from me. Um, and so I like didn't really like push myself back in the closet, but like had this really like sobering experience where I like I was really triumphant, and then later developed all this shame about it. Um, and so that shame is some, and then this shame has been like, my sexuality has been like weaponized against me by people whom I thought were close to me, even in adulthood, getting called in my theater department in angry man hitting dyke, for instance, um, which is now something I would put on a t-shirt. But when I heard about that was very, very, very hurtful and saddening, um, because I don't like weaponizing my queerness, which I think is one of the most beautiful things about me against me in that way was just so specifically painful like still now it's less so but for a while every time somebody like screamed faggot at me it was it was like a punch in the gut and now it doesn't happen so much anymore um but uh yeah now encountering homophobic slurs don't have that same kind of like nauseating effect um but it's been this weird like up and down of like super triumphant coming out and now I feel like I'm especially with all the art that I'm making and we're making it back in this really triumphant space mm-hmm. um, or like reclaiming this really triumphant space. So that's my very long answer to my coming out story. Um, I sort of came out as asexual and gender fluid after reading my new gender workbook, hey. which it'll do that to you. It was uh, when I was reading my new gender workbook, I realized by I was, Kate Bornstein, by, by Kate way. Bornstein, very good book. Uh, you should get it and fill it out for yourself and read it. And it's very good. It's very accessible, I think, and very good. Some of it is kind of dated and it's not, the thing that made me realize this is it's not super inclusive of asexuality at all. Mm-mm. Like a lot of the uh, questions are very sex focused, not just in terms of like having a physical sex, but like having sex with other people. Um, and I realized as I was reading it, I was like very uncomfortable with how frequently that was brought up and like how many of the questions focused around who you want to have sex with. Mm-hmm. And I was like, stop asking me that. And then I was like, why am I so uncomfortable? And I was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> That's why. Turns out I am ace. I am an ace detective. Um, uh, and yeah. Um, and that and like, I don't know. I don't even know if gender fluid is where I'm going to land. But for now, it feels like a comfy term. What? I'm a c- cyborg alien. Well, yes, that's also true. I can't wait to be a fucking cyborg. I'm excited for you, Hannah. Thank um, you. Uh, that's my very long story about coming out thank you uh something that's really valuable something that's really i think all um stories about queerness are valuable um something that was really interesting to me while you were sharing that is the fact that uh i feel like something that's very common in the queer community um or at least the queer communities that i've experienced read about been a part of um is that most people have one coming out story or like a couple coming out stories and we talk less about the constant process of coming out. Right, yeah. Because it's not like you're going to, when I ask you, Hannah, what's like, I think I said what's a coming out story that you have, not what's your coming out story. Um, Or at least made room for multiple options Mm -hmm. because it's not like the one. Uh, And if I didn't, I apologize because that was my intention. I also Um, think I have a weird experience like most people don't have like a like lot I of did people it. have one well I, I just story. mean in terms of like I was it was partially an efficiency of communication thing because I was like almost everybody I care about is gonna be in one room at the same time sure. so I might as well just tell them all at once no I mean it makes sense but like <laughs> I wouldn't um like I think that's kind of a unique scenario like the specific well, yeah, circumstances under which I did this like grandiose thing um, I think are somewhat unique. I get that. Um, that makes sense. But I wouldn't necessarily ask you, like, how did you come out to your coworkers at Stella's? Right. Oh. What? I wasn't supposed to say the name of your coffee shop. Oh, whatever. <sighs> Please don't come murder me. Just come buy coffee from me. If you're a fan, <laughs> if you're a fan and you come in and you're like, hey, are you? Look, 
listen. Look and listen. And listen. Please do not. Maybe we stay should cut sexy that out. I and think we don't should murder cut that me. Out for your safety. I don't. Whatever, dude. Honestly, if I, if you like people like know you if you work at Stella's, like people already know where I work. I'm not that worried about it. All right. It's whatever. I didn't say the address. Whatever. Whatever. There's okay. like yeah. Um. So I like you wouldn't ask about like your yeah your, like your constant. I mean the process. answer is I had my haircut. Yeah, no, truly, honestly. Yeah. Um, that saves me from a lot of coming out. A lot of, yeah. And it's part, I mean, I obviously cut my hair the way I do because I like it and it looks good as fuck. But. It does. It also, I mean, it's, I think there's an amount of, I know this is going to be a controversial term, but like butch privilege in that you have to explain to fewer people that you're queer. Oh, that's a widely acknowledged fact. Um, Like there's femme privilege. In my, like, experience in being in like passing or whatever but yeah, there's like also femme constantly. uh erasure. like a, erasure yeah. and femme oppression the and not, there's the not massive amounts of butch like oppression mm-hmm. in being visibly queer oh totally yeah. um yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's also like people can tell that you're queer in my opinion if you're like a cool queer person you can tell when femme mm-hmm. or androgynous folks are queer mm-hmm we, it's like dogs. We can like smell each other's pheromones. Yeah. I genuinely have experienced that uh-huh. very repeatedly. Like, but also, I might not, um, I might not know if I was, uh, erasing somebody's like experience yeah, because true. they might not tell me because I, I yeah. made them uncomfortable. So I try not to, I just, I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm like any kind of saint. I just, in general, try not to assume the sexualities or genders of people. Oh yeah. Um, because I still will sometimes catch myself being surprised that people are queer and I don't like that feeling. Like, I don't no, want to be surprised by queerness. I want to just, it to be like, okay. Like, I mean, this I'm This person's delighted. name is so-and-so and they're queer. Like, they are equally mundane facts about this person. So will you just, like, ask me the same questions that I asked you so I don't have to ask myself questions? Yeah, I mean, what is, what are your stories <laughs> do you have us coming oh, out? God do you bless have you, Hannah? You're <laughs> trying so hard. <laughs> Keep going. I feel like if you listened only to this podcast and didn't know me, you might think I was a, a, not a very smart person. <laughs> no, well, uh, there's so many different kinds of intelligences. I don't like you hearing might, that. You yeah. might think that you uh, talk bad. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> you might think that you. No, no, no. I don't think that's true. I think you talk well. Um, I okay. think you're a good good orator. I think you're lying, but thank you. I think I'm... Kai, do you have a coming out story that you would like to tell? Well, I'm going to first answer the first question that I asked, what um, was the first which is asked? Uh, the ways that I identify currently. Oh, yeah. Um, currently. I, um, yeah. Because I think for both of us, and I think for several other queer folks I know, um, several other LGBTQIA2 plus uh, folks that I know, um, <laughs> Hannah's face palming into the mic right now, we have all come out as multiple things at different times as in like we've uh gone through multiple identities and coming out processes um so currently i identify as uh a gender queer lesbian and other words that can be used to describe me are transmasculine though i don't like that term nearly as much but it is accurate um it's also your brand. It's also my brand. I know, which is so difficult that I don't like that term as much. Uh, butch, dyke, um, non-binary. Uh, oh, yeah, butch is one that can be used to describe me. I'm trying to think of other. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's the long and short of it. Um, sapphic is sapphic. another word that I sometimes prefer to lesbian. Um, yeah. Sleepy. Tender. I, I I am so bothered by the current culture of tender. I'm not like bothered, bothered by it, but it's just overused as tender? a word. The word I tender. Des- I would describe you as very tender. I would also describe me as very tender. You're but I'm, extremely soft and sensitive. I'm a very sweet boy, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You could be a, almost saccharine, some might say. I... I just wish you were nicer to me. You know, like, I just... You say that every day. <laughs> I know. And I mean it every day. It's um, difficult. Um, do you want to tell a coming out story? Yeah, I do. Uh, so... Can we also... Can we turn a light on? Yeah, of course. Um, can somebody... Thank you, Aaron. Uh, thank you, Aaron. So, I think for me, a lot of the stories that we That's talk better. about, um, like, at, at our parties for... What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can. 
for at our parties for like um queer folks or like where we're talking about queerness is uh like when you first realized that you mm-hmm. were queer um and i forget if i've told this story on the podcast but and i don't know what this story is going to be before it comes out of my mouth but well, we'll I'm find very out excited. i guess um i think you've heard most of my like realizing i'm queer stories before but i think probably the most impactful one was when um gosh and what kind of queer do I want to talk about? Because what's really interesting about... Oh, trans is a word I fucking forgot to use to describe <laughs> myself. Trans. That's like the old thing. Jeez. Uh, uh, so there are... It feels like two parallel and related lines in my life that are the gender and the like sexuality lines. And... Um, realizing that I was queer in a gender sense came like around the same times and in similar ways to realizing that I was queer in the sexuality sense did and I think that they're very intertwined because it's hard to tell some of those things apart sometimes do you know what I mean because like of the way that we are socially constructed as uh, our sexuality is related to our gender like all of our words for sexuality do normally have a gender imposed on them besides mm-hmm. stuff like bisexual and queer and pansexual and blah 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 um but like heterosexual lesbian gay all of a gender uh currently hypothetically societally imposed yes yeah, yeah. anyway um i i just remember very distinctly knowing that i was like gender queer and was not a girl <laughs> when i was probably around like um 10 years old 11 years old and uh I had been distancing myself from femininity and girls for like a pretty long time before that and um I started developing secondary sex characteristics and that was incredibly like uh also I'm assigned female birth I think our listeners know that but if you have not heard our podcast before I am um so I started uh, developing like breasts and that was very dysphoric for me and I did not have that word and did not understand why it was so unpleasant to me because everyone around me was telling me like, oh man, boy, when you start menstruating, you're going to be a woman now, sweetie. And I was like, I would hate that yeah, so much. Please, why are you telling me that no. this is the fun thing that's happening yeah, to me? I don't me? want that. I um, hate fucking hate. I mean, okay. I'm going to go on a brief rant. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. there are spiritual whatever I'm not trying to shit on anybody's like spirituality that incorporates menstruation or whatever but I hate that fucking bullshit they try to sell you in like like health ed in elementary and middle school when they're like your body and you the care and keeping of you and your period is such a it fucking sucks having a period sucks ball sacks it is awful and especially if you're like a person like me who has like a um, condition related to my ovaries uh, my periods are like painful Mm -hmm. and awful and they like take me out for like a day or two beforehand I get just like really irritable and anxious and then I get in super amounts of pain and then I get a brief depressive and then I'm free like it's just the worst and I wish that somebody at some point in your youth would just tell you like yeah it pretty much fucking sucks it's not a or it could suck because not everyone has that experience yeah but I don't I don't know anybody who likes their period personally that's that's fair um so my experience i just wish somebody had said it is okay to hate this thing anyway yeah that would be nice too i am delighted that you're drinking out of the mommy juice glass i just want to tell you right now um it's very cute aaron is the mommy aaron is the mommy today um so my experience with like getting my period and getting breasts was that uh my my caretakers wouldn't believe that i started to experience those things um so I was just kind of left to my own devices to deal with that even though like we had the conversations about what that was and what that would mean and they gave me books about it it was just like you 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 figure that out like I Mm -hmm. do not believe that you are getting your period like that doesn't Mm -hmm. look like a period to me is what What? I was told yeah it's blood coming out of your vagina I don't know what to tell you so like blood either comes out of it or it doesn't so on top of the so on top of the dysphoria that was associated with that I was just blatantly not believed that I was not only experiencing these things that I didn't want to be experiencing but also I was not believed that I didn't want to be a woman I remember very distinctly um 
being uh, taken to the doctor and uh, my caretakers mentioning to uh, the doctor that um, I kept saying I wanted to be a boy. And the doctor was like, some kids do this. Uh, we should wait a couple of years and not do anything about it because anything that we would do about it would be irreversible. So if your daughter changes her mind, um, like she won't be able to basically, which is uh, not true. Hormone blockers, actually, you can stop taking them and you can start experiencing the hormones that your body is producing if it is producing hormones, um, and that's fine. And there have been no, like, bad effects necessarily. There is supposedly risk of bone development issues, but we don't know that for sure. Um, so anyway, like, all of that was happening at the same time that uh, sexuality was developing, and I was like, oh man, um... I really think I might like girls, and I looked at lesbian porn on the mm -hmm. internet, and oh, I, I saw that, part of my story. that very distinctive image that I talk about all the time, and I, I it's it's this pinup image, and I'm sure like you can find it very easily on the internet, but it's the this blonde and brunette woman, and one of them is saying like I used to be a tomboy, but now I'm a full grown lesbian. And I was I immediately like closed the page, deleted my history, and was like. Fuck. Threw your computer in a river. Threw it in a river instantly because I was it's like, like that fucking oh no. Parks and Rec bit where somebody finds Ron Swanson, like a, he has a targeted ad, so he throws his computer in a dumpster. Yes, it's just like that because I was like, they're talking to me. Mm -hmm. I am a tomboy and then I'll have to be a full-grown <laughs> lesbian. And what I did not like about the word lesbian at the time was that it was associated with being a woman. Mm -hmm. So I distanced myself from that identity. Uh, and I actually came out as bisexual at age 13. Um, I was very attracted to one of my female friends at the time, and uh, shortly after, uh, maybe like a week or two after, one of my other friends came out as bisexual and we started dating. So, come out. Yeah, the my first girlfriend get a relationship. came out to me, and then we started dating. Mm -hmm, that's exactly what happened to me also. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I guess that just comes with being desirable, you know? <laughs> Gross. Um, yeah, people have... I did not make up this nickname. I had a friend once called me the spatula because uh every woman i had dated for a long streak uh every person that i dated i was the first like queer relationship they had been in boy howdy so i flip them it's stupid it's it's not a there's a lot of works, things that i <laughs> so anyway but i am gonna get a spatula tattoo for okay sure. well um and then I later came out, uh, like, again, since I was a kid, as a trans man when I was 17 years old, um, after identifying as bisexual for all those Kai years and dating a, a myriad of people. Um, I do actually have a whole performance piece, and I'm trying real hard not to quote it. <laughs> just um, start saying the script. No, I won't. Um, well, but I these two wonderful people worked on. Clothes. Not just girls' clothes. Any clothes. Okay, I wish you wouldn't quote my own script to me. That's just cruel. It makes me feel very weird. Um, you do it to me. I know, and it's funny. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, and I never thought when I was coming out as a trans man that I would have to be straight. Like, that was never something that I considered because uh, I was still kind of fighting with needing to feel desirable to men like the average man self-worth was based on how much people normal people you people wanted to fuck me cis people normal people sorry you people. I, skipped, I messed a line i need you to stop <laughs> immediately um <laughs> And, and like, all, all of those things were happening all at once. And then, uh, like, a lot of people who I was very close to in my life died. And then I went to university, and I had a very similar experience. To university! Of uh, recloseting <laughs> that Hannah did, because we went to the same, the same private conservative university. university. And, um, <laughs> and it was a little bit of an easier environment because when I started there, Hannah was there and Hannah was actually the person that introduced me to the uh, de the theater department that we were both in. And Hannah, I had gone on a college tour when she was a sophomore um, and you talked to me um, and you were the uh, first uh, like visibly butch appearing person that I had ever seen. I was Kai's ring of keys. Hannah was my ring of keys. I don't know if we've talked about that on the show if yet. If you've read or seen Fun Home, which if you haven't, you should read it for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I was their ring of keys. Yeah, Hannah was my ring of keys moment. And I had already 
been playing a lot with like gender identity and appearance and I was like oh this is what it can be like and then I started going to DU and I was like this is not what it is like and I again would not say that I recloseted myself but I definitely started <coughs> dressing and acting differently and was yeah you wore a bunch of ugly ass rich people clothes okay I wish you were nicer to me um <laughs> but like <laughs> I'm the one who had to clean out your closet it's a lot of your old rich people clothes sucked yeah I think you would agree no like, it's not, not your wrong. fault they did like, I wore a bunch of ugly ass clothes when I was a younger person like we just we learn and grow no it's and true we out it's definitely dress. true but like um what's so funny to me about that is I don't feel like I was even that butch then when I no you probably weren't that butch but you were at least queer appearing yeah I had the hair yeah, you had the hair and you had a bunch of facial piercings. Yeah, I and, did have a bunch of those. And I was like, this is the most beautiful person I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, like, it was a very overwhelming moment for me. And I have no idea what I or you said, except for some stuff about one of your ex-girlfriends that you were upset at. Um, what the fuck? Really? Yeah. Or ex-friends or something. That seems weird. Like, I would tell you that on a college tour. My experience of that though was I was I was the vice president of the like theater ensemble the like student theater club uh, outside of like the classes in the department and me and the president were supposed to come talk to this student who was on a college tour um, and the president as she often did bailed as <laughs> she almost always did completely bailed um, and so I ended up having to do it alone which was what I just didn't shop that day so I was happy to be doing that. Um, I was technically getting paid to have that conversation. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I was, like, already agitated because Kumo bailed on me. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> not saying I regret it. I just have, I also was, like, dissociated for my whole sophomore year because I had yeah. a good friend commit suicide at the beginning of the year. So I was just rampantly dissociated for pretty much the rest of college. You know, it's pretty cool, actually. I was also rampantly dissociated at the time. So we were just kind of rampantly dissociated together. <laughs> we were just like two spectral beings shouting nonsense at each other. And we still are to this very uh -huh. day. Um, <laughs> now we have a podcast. Now we have a podcast about it. But as like, As far as you know, you don't know that we're corporeal. That's true. Uh, God, I wish I wasn't. <laughs> So I, I feel like this is a little bit harder to, like, encompass, but throughout college, um, I was spending more time with Hannah and just kind of being around you and being able to contextualize and understand queerness in a different way than I had ever known it before was very powerful and impactful for me, especially the people that you knew and surrounded yourself with. I met my first person who used they, them, theirs pronoun through you. Um, and I had not realized that that could be a thing uh, before then because I was not on parts of the internet that were friendly to queer folk like myself. Um, and I did a bunch of research into what it meant to be non-binary and I was like, oh, I am that. It's me. It's me. And I remember uh, coming out very slowly and like timidly at first and being like, I'm non-binary. And this is not to say that people who use she, her, hers pronouns and are non-binary or who use he, him, his pronouns and are non-binary are any less valid. However, when I was saying I am non-binary but you can still use she, her, hers pronouns for me, that was not accurate to the way that I wanted to be treated or the way that I felt. Um, and it was just me copping out basically of mm -hmm. coming out in the way that I for wanted yourself, to for yeah. myself yeah um and uh, like it was just such a such a slow process of uh, being able to like date other queer people again and like be around other queer people and identify publicly as bisexual and then as lesbian and like identify publicly as non-binary and um I remember talking to Hannah in her old apartment and and talking to you about like starting to take testosterone and how I kind of wanted to do it but didn't want to do it like at all I just didn't want to do it and you were like I think you'd be a lot happier if you did um and that just kind of being like th that was before my first gender therapy appointment um which in the state of Colorado, like with my insurance, you do have to have a sign note from a uh, therapist that says that you're allowed to start taking um, hormones uh, if you're like trans and medically diagnosed with gender dysphoria, um, which is an easier process here than in some states, most certainly, if, especially if you have medical insurance that is good. Um, and I don't, but I fought my medical insurance and got access to hormones, which is cool. But like the 
I think the point of all of this coming out discussion is basically like it you don't have to come out to be valid Mm -hmm. coming out is not just one story that you tell it's every day of your life well the idea behind national coming out day i was just reading something about this from one of the queer history accounts i follow on instagram which there's a bunch of really good like legitimately like queer news queer history accounts on instagram it's a pretty cool source of stuff like run by and for and like a bunch of like like there's like a, a rural bunch of rural queer collectives that have instagrams or like queer appalachia or mm-hmm. like uh queer nature and all these like reclamative movements um which are really neat but uh one of them was talking about like when national coming out day was sort of established it was the idea behind it was to sort of hold people in like public positions of public power accountable for like basically the idea behind it is like if you can safely come out and i don't know if i agree with this but it's like if you can safely come out you have a duty to do so um was the ethos behind national coming out day for like celebrities and politicians like people for whom coming out could have a hugely positive impact on the community and who have every protection in place and by the logic of this no excuse not to again i don't know that i agree with it but the point of that is to say that like national the point of national coming out day is to not to try to like pry people out of the closet or like especially people who are not in spaces where it is safe to come out if you are in a space where it's safe to come out and you're just not ready to do it then that you are still valid like if you are not in a safe space to come out like obviously you're incredibly valid um and again i don't know that i agree with the thing that like if you can come out you should um because it's not really anybody else's business there's actually a whole l word episode about this uh exact theme where (laughs) yeah i would argue less nuanced because it's where fucking alice goes to that party and And video forcibly out that basketball uh, player and then forcibly outs him because he'd said homophobic shit on the news yeah uh but uh yeah i don't know like for public figures i do think there's something more where it's like it, nothing bad is really going to happen to you because you're a rich as fuck celebrity and you're coming out. Your visibility could be an extremely powerful thing. I also still think that bad things do happen to rich as fuck celebrities that come out as queer. I think that's happening less and less as queerness totally. becomes more accepted. But like, but they'll still have many millions of dollars. I mean, just don't you remember after Ellen Page came out when she stopped getting cast in things? You know, yeah, stuff she like stopped that. getting cast in like not queer roles. But yeah, I mean, stuff does change for you when you come out, regardless and it of d- what it's, position you're in. I think it's in. more, especially more if you're a sapphic person, because like Neil Patrick Harris will get cast in anything he wants forever. Oh, sure. Um, and he was out as gay for most of the time he was on How I Met Your Brother. But it's also different show, to be but... in the entertainment industry than to be like a politician because being yeah, a queer po- politics politician. Yeah, politics is a whole thing. Yeah, like means that you will be always seen as like the, the queer politician and yeah. all of your opinions will be queer opinions as opposed to I like. I personally don't understand uh, valuing your political career over living your truth, but I'm also pretty. I don't necessarily think coming out is required to live your truth. No, I agree. But like, I don't know. I just like, it's always going to, in like politics, I feel like if you don't do it, it's going to come out against you. It's like, it's going to be this whole like secret, secret and hiding it and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just don't support politics, especially career politicians. Like, I don't know. I that, do because I feel like we have to right now. I mean that that's a whole different thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's um, a whole different thing. I mean, like, like, obviously, I'm going to vote, and it's complicated. But like at its fundament, I think politics is an evil is a fundamentally evil space. Not something that I think. I need to think about how I feel American about what politics, you just said. especially. Okay, I'm going to move on because um, okay. there's a lot of thought that's required there. But basically, what I what I want to talk about on, like, National Coming Out Day episode, um, and we'll keep talking about queer history throughout the month, um, but, like, it, it's just such uh, – we've talked about how homosexuality and, like, queerness and gender queerness as identity markers are a very, like, Western construct, uh, especially in America. There have been specific ways that those have become socialized, like, identities that we have and that are things that are, like, relevant to communicate or say to each other um, through our actions, our clothes, our words, whatever. Uh, and coming out as a result is also that in many different countries and cultures around the world 
it's not that way. Yeah. Um, so this is like a very specific sort of holiday um, mm-hmm. and a very specific facet of, I, I will say, like queerness globally that we're experiencing in this specific context. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just always been very interesting to me that that's something that we, with these identities, uh, with the socially constructed identity, focus on and give give a lot of importance to because I do think that there is a uh, power in um, naming things because to tie it to video games for one final thing. Uh, we talked so much about video games. It's just that the computer threw it in the dumpster. One of the one of the things that um, it's not Aaron's fault. It's, it's not, not anyone's fault. fault. One of the things that gets my I'm uh, sorry, I didn't mean to sound ungrateful. <laughs> it's nobody's fault. One of the things that gets my goat about video games, and we talked about this a couple episodes ago as well as last episode, is when games don't explicitly state sexuality. Um, like that that just bothers me because of the power i think there is in naming mm-hmm. things especially naming naming things for yourself totally. like i i wish i could put into words the the experience of um being told your whole life that you're one thing and being able to say no i'm not that thing i'm this thing mm-hmm. not just like no i'm not that thing i don't being know able to what have i am like a, it's like a it's like a, a thing to rally behind or it's like it's like a sign it's like a flag to stick in the ground and it's also it's like something to like root your feet into and like it's it a community and history mm-hmm. and culture totally, yeah. um because without uh like lesbian identity and lesbian culture um and sapphic culture and sapphic identity i feel like i would be in a very different place mental health as well as like everything else wise Mm -hmm. and that's just really important to me totally yeah yeah i agree with all that like for me like having acts like queer community is like naming ourselves as queer and someday someday we might not need like identity markers but like for now it's it's a flag and a sign and it's also like when you're talking to other queer folks it like helps people understand things about you um but for me it is also it is very empowering to like put it on a t-shirt and like shout it to the skies like oh yeah i also wanted to talk about um the the slurs just for a second i don't know if this is your experience but for me saying uh saying like the the words dyke and faggot and stuff to each other and not just you and i but like all of each other um and like calling ourselves that has made it easier not great and i still get a very scared like sinking feeling like uh revulsion when i hear people use those terms in anger or like straight or cis folks use those terms Mm -hmm. um like i still feel yeah bad when those things happen but it's it's a little bit easier yeah because it's it's being able to say like because it's a little bit desensitized in my brain yeah it's like uh well it's it's not it's like yeah i have a fucking faggot like what are you gonna do well yeah exactly it's it's like since we have worked on reclaiming those things as positive words for ourselves like i'm not gonna be like if somebody yells like faggot at me i'm not gonna be like no i'm not i'm gonna be like breeder <laughs> you'd be like good basic observation skills like <laughs> yes thank yeah, you thank you moving nice on day. it's always out of a car too so they'll be so quick yeah uh yeah it doesn't have to mean a long time but it has generally been out of a car yeah um because people are too cowardly to say to my fucking face well, it's because um, you look like you'll beat them up because i will I know. Meet me in the pit, motherfuckers. Okay. Um, so I want to start wrapping things up. Okay. Yeah. For me, like, it has an L. Game <laughs> <laughs> is here, here to say <laughs> I like video games in a major way. <laughs> yeah, all right. Listen to this whole episode just for that one fucking bit because that's priceless. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Uh, I just wanted to say about identifiers too. Like, for me, like, I shied away from identifying as a lesbian for the longest time I think I've talked about this because mm-hmm. it was a word used against me and it was a word when I had come out as bisexual um, and like wanted to identify that way it was a word where 
even people who were bisexual like were erasing that and being like well you're a lesbian I'm like I'm not like I don't identify that way even as recently as like a year or so ago like I don't identify that way please stop putting that on me mm-hmm. um, and so for me it was like an act of reclamation uh, for a long time then later as an adult I held out partially just sort of stubbornness but um, for me as an act, act of reclamation to be like uh, it's been used against me for so long. It's like, I'm going to try using it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far it feels good. And like seeing it, we saw Cameron Esposito last year and she did this little bit about lesbians. And I was like, well, I want that joke to be about me. So I, and then of course the whole thing with the turf happened. Yeah. And I was like, fuck you. Um, because I will do anything out of spite. Um, I know Hannah. Yeah. So we're going to wrap it up. We're not going to do the bit again because we already did it and it was perfect. No, it was very good. <laughs> it was um, very good. I, I think we actually have a good amount of time for episode also. Uh, thank you for joining us here today on our special coming out episode of If It's Gay We Play. Uh-huh. Um, you can find us on social media at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Gay Gamers, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z. You can email us at ifitsgayweplay at gmail.com. If you want to share your coming out story with us, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. I just think it's fun. I always think it's fun to like share coming out stories with other queer folks. Or if you don't have like one big story and you just have like your entire experience with queerness. We'd love to hear it. Just write us a personal essay yeah. and we'll give we you. We would love that. A sticker. A grade. A grade. <laughs> yeah, we'll give a you a plus. It's already an A plus. <laughs> Um, it's a G for gay. Um, and uh, you can go to stickpokeprod.com and listen to our show and the other shows on the network. Mm-hmm. We've got Encyclopedia. We've got Grandma's House. There's shows about people liking stuff and why uh-huh. they do it and why it makes them the way they are. Um, Spatial is coming to the network. Yes. Uh, it is very a project excited. using um, geographic data to talk about social issues. Um, there is a lot to say about that in relation to queerness, especially in like. Uh-huh. Urban versus rural queerness and stuff. Crossover episode uh, is probably something that we'll do. Um, Spatial's not out yet, but it's but it on its way because it's a, a heavily researched a lot of data. podcast, as it should be. Um, it's Aaron and his friend who is a master's student in geography. Yep, cool. Yes, cool. Um, yeah, so we're going to go now. Uh huh. And um, keep. Playing gay. Keep being games. <laughs> you forgot. It's the thing we, you know, the thing we say every week. No, I just, I was, I was so zoned out. <laughs> Fuck shit up. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye now. Goodbye. <laughs> we love you. <laughs>